for you are peace. <laughs> so give us yourself, Jesus. <laughs> In your holy name we pray. Amen. Two down, one to go. College graduates, that is. Two of my children have graduated college. My son Jordan graduated yesterday. They, the, uh, uh, what do you call the head of the college, not the president, but the other guy? Uh, Chancellor, Chancellor flashed that up there and like, what kind of gang symbol is that? That's the Power C, they said down at Chattanooga, Chattanooga Power C. Um, as my boys were growing older, I wanted to help them step into manhood, particularly biblical manhood. Uh, we can be like Adam, right? Adam and Eve, or we can be like Jesus. And so part of helping them step into biblical manhood to become more like Jesus, that's what discipleship is, right, Sam, is becoming like Jesus. And so at age 13, uh, we had this ceremony uh, in which we had a birthday party for them, and they were given a backpack, and uh, the women and children gave them that backpack. The men were all gone and, and said, okay, uh, go down to the woods and follow that trail. So they went in the woods at night, and uh, I had gathered some men around the campfire, and we had this, this ceremony. Sam, that was uh, down there in Cunningham for Morgan. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, so, so we just started this, this, this place of let's just be honest about life, what it means to be a, a man and follow Jesus. And then at age 16, we had another ceremony, and, and one of the final ones is uh, we graduate college. And so uh, I bought him a belt, um, a, a real nice belt from Colonel, Colonel Littleton, you know, so that's not a $20 belt. And uh, gave it to him on Friday night and uh, reminded Jordan that this belt is the belt of truth. Ephesians chapter 6, the, the belt of truth. Put this on. And, and truth is, is about uh, being truthful, yes, not telling lies, but it's also about being, having a, uh, integrity. Uh, Jordan, one of his favorite sports to play is disc golf. And I told Jordan, I said, even when you're playing disc golf by yourself, truthfulness about your score, truthfulness about your score. And then I reminded him that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So all that happened in the last two days. Plus, I had an anniversary, 27 years, Judy has put up with me. Thank you, thank you. And... I, a reminder of that marriage covenant that Judy and I are in reminds me that Jesus comes from a story, a covenant story. It starts at creation. God created everything that we know, and then he created us and called creation very good. There was this, this partnership with humanity that God wanted to have and, and part of that partnership was in, in this very good wor world that humans were uh, appointed to bring about more uh, goodness out of creation. We get to chapter 3 in the, first, the third chapter in the Bible and we see that humans rebel. The partnership is broken. We create a world on our own terms and that's why we're stuck in a world of injustice and corruption Tragedy and death, war, division, and crisis. The biblical story is that everyone has broken this partnership, this covenant with God, and God pursues us to bring us back into covenant. So with covenant broken, partnership broken, uh, God chooses a person and a p group of people 
to model for the rest of humanity what it means to live in covenant with him. Enter Abram, Genesis chapter 12. Yahweh speaks to Abram and he says, Abram, leave home and go to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. See these sands on the shore? Your people will be more than the sands. See the stars in the sky? Your, your people will be more than the, than the stars in the sky. Um, Abram didn't have light pollution like we have light pollution, right? Unless you live way out in the country. You may not have as much. And so God is speaking to Abraham about covenants. You and I, we know covenants, marriage covenant. Our membership with the church is a membership covenant. Covenant has ancient roots in ancient culture. And God uses ancient roots in Abraham's culture to, to be in covenant with, with Abram. A covenant is an agreement enacted between two parties in which one or both make promises under oath to perform or refrain from actions stipulated in advance. We might call that what? A contract, right? A contract. And so this covenant is how the ancients ordered their interactions between individuals, between tribes and nations. And so we want to seek to understand that. Uh, so God uses this ancient practice of covenant for his people and with us. So typically in the ancient world, there was the weaker party and the stronger party. And so the weaker party would, would in covenant, would say, I am loyal to you and to you alone. Loyalty was expected and enforced. Nothing more important than the weaker's loyalty to the stronger. Loyalty was love. To fail to be loyal was hate. Covenant was sealed by oath and by sacrifice. A suitable animal was taken, cut into, laid uh, aside, and the weaker would walk between the two cut pieces of animal, the divided animal, while reciting the oath in the agreement, signifying and saying, may what happened to these animals happen to me if I fail to keep my oath to you. You didn't want to waste the meat, so you roasted it, and then you celebrated, had a celebration. So enter into Genesis chapter 15, Yahweh makes covenant with Abram. Abram takes a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, divides those animals, and makes an alleyway, and Abram is prepared to walk the alleyway of the divided animals. But God causes him to fall into a deep sleep. And the most interesting thing happens. While Abram is in a deep sleep, the Lord of the cosmos, the creator of all, the stronger puts himself in the place of the weaker and traverses the alley, announcing to Abram, may what happened to these animals happen to me if I fail to keep my oath, my promise. To Abram and his offspring, Yahweh communicated that he would not fail his promise, that he would be faithful, that he would be loyal, even when the children of Abraham are not. 
Here a little bit in our service, we're going to share in the great thanksgiving together uh, before we take communion. And in that great thanksgiving, you're going to hear these words today. When we turned away and our love failed, your love, your love remained steadfast. Loyalty in Hebrew is hesed. It's a full, it means fullness of love, loving kindness, mercy, faithfulness. It's covenant faithfulness, this hesed love that God has, has for us. Uh, Psalms 136 is a beautiful example and song uh, of God's hesed love, His covenant faithfulness to us. Uh, it's a song that the pilgrims going to Jerusalem would sing as they were going to church. Uh, they didn't have hymn books back then. They knew these songs by heart. And so they would, these were their going to church songs. Do you have going to church songs? Songs you put on your, your Pandora, your Spotify, or CD player, and you're coming to church, you're worshiping before we worship. So this was one of their going to church songs. And, and so they, they would sing it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it starts out as a praise song, then it turns into thanksgiving, and then it recounts Yahweh's deeds. 26 times in 26 verses, the pilgrims would sing of Yahweh's hesed love. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And they would say, Ki hesed olam, his, in, in English, His steadfast love endures forever. They would sing, Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. And they would sing, Ki hesed olam. Could you, could you see them walking along, singing and encouraging with one another with that repeated phrase of Ki hesed olam. We fast forward through the story. and We arrive in Luke chapter 1. The angel Gabriel, Gabriel has already come to Mary. Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth is pregnant with John, who will become John the Baptist. And Mary greets, or Elizabeth greets Mary, and John leaps in Elizabeth's womb at the greeting. And then the Holy Spirit leads Elizabeth in praising God and declaring that Mary is blessed and believing that God is fulfilling His covenant promise that He made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David. So that brings us to our scripture reading today. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 56. Luke chapter 1, 46 through 56. So as I read this, I want you to notice a particular word, generation or generations. And then you're going to hear some words repeated in our great Thanksgiving today. That is part of Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his, might, his mercy according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and 
to his descendants forever. You see, this is the story of all of humanity. It's not just a Christian story. Jesus' story is Israel's story flourishing. Jesus came from a people. Jesus came from a place. Jesus came from a story, a story that reaches a long and elegant plot line that continues with us and to our children and to our grandchildren and to our great-grandchildren until Jesus returns. This is the story of God promising to redeem us. God pursued the people of Israel, and God pursues all of humanity through the covenant of Jesus, the new covenant. God pursues you with mercy. God pursues you with grace. God pursues you with love and justice. Embrace this story. Embrace the story as, as your own story. Uh, learn it, recite it, teach it, speak it, celebrate it. We're singing about it. This story is primary. This is our primary story as individuals and as families and as a church family. For a way has been made for you to come into the wholeness that only the love of God can bring in your life. Will you say yes to this covenant love, this hested love of God that has been pursuing you your entire life? This season of Advent, we've been preparing for this story, and we're going to celebrate big this weekend. I'm going to be worn out at 11 o'clock on Sunday. I want to be worn out 11 o'clock on Sunday celebrating this story. We are bearers. We're ambassadors of this covenant story. And we have an essential message, a story that we are loved by the creator of the universe. He has come in flesh and blood. God knows your name. He knows your needs. He knows your struggles. And that gives us hope. Jesus arrives. And he becomes alive in us, in you. He becomes alive in you for your family. Jesus comes alive in you for your neighbors. Jesus comes alive in you for your co-workers. Jesus comes alive in you and in us for the world so that they too will find the life for which they long. The light has come into the world and the darkness cannot overcome it. Receive the story. Receive Jesus, the author, perfecter of the story. This is your story. What's standing between you and you living the story? We don't say it out loud. Sometimes there's some things. Let's take a few moments and confess those things to the Lord as we prepare to come and celebrate here at this table. Christ our Lord invites to his, his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. 
Lord, we thank you that you are gathering us here at this, your table. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your Hesed love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, took covenant to be our sovereign God, and you speak to us through your prophets who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Holy you and bless you, your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with the good things and the rich you send away empty. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your very presence with us. 